0: At Riverbank,
1: we believe you can heal, grow, and fulfill God's plans for your life as the power of God touches you through this prophetic teaching by Pastor Dominion. Get excited and hop into it.
0: Oh, thank you, Jesus. Today, we're going to be talking on Thanksgiving. Um, As many of you know, I speak very fast. I'll try as much as possible to slow down my pace. Glory to God. We're going to be speaking on on Thanksgiving today. And what exactly is Thanksgiving? But then before I I go on to to start the message, I'd like to ask us a question. And I want you to use the duration of this message to ponder on that question. You know, and then at the end of the message, I'll give us the answer. Now, I, I, I want you to imagine There is a young lad, right? Let's say his name is Isaiah. And this, this, this lad has, you know, he's, he's very, very smart. He's very, very intelligent and, you know, A students get all A's and everything. Now he goes through nursery school, primary school, secondary school, all A's. He's so good that he gets scholarships to Ivy League schools in the US. And then he chooses Harvard goes to Harvard, completes his first degree, first class. He's the valedictorian of the set. Now, he's so good that professionals, you know, forecast that he's going to be better than Elon Musk. That's how good he is. And then, you know, he's the star of the, of the year. Now, this young lad wakes up one morning, picks his Bible, drops all his certificates, all his awards and goes from town to town preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel from town to town. Now this is my question. Has he wasted his life or not? That's my question. Now he drops all his certificates, all his degrees, picks up the Bible, picks up the Bible, goes from town to town till his death for all the years of his living and preaches the word of Christ. That's my question to us today. And I will answer the question at the end of this teaching. Psalm 118 verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good because his mercy endured forever. Thanksgiving shall be the natural disposition of man towards life. Thanksgiving should always be the natural disposition of man towards life. Now, to fully understand the concept of Thanksgiving, we need to to accept the fact that a Christian's life cannot be based off off of natural senses. As a man in Christ, if you do not have the Bible to guide you, you would never walk according to the precepts of God. You would never. And so to fully understand the concept of thanksgiving, we need to see what the word of God says about it. 1 Thessalonians, let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, Rejoice for rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, verse 18, I read it out in, in amplified version. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In all things, in all situations, thanksgiving should be your approach. Oh, glory to God. Glory to Jesus. And so, to fully understand this concept, I'm going to draw a picture for us. Man is at the center of two constants. God and life. Right? And so, we are privileged to be to receive grace, and, we are, and then we have a world behind us. I call it behind us because we're not of the world, right? And so, the question is: How do you receive the grace with thanks? How do you express that grace? So, we're going to look at it from two concepts: from God and from life. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Now we are going to take the first part. Spiritual life. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 2. verse Ephesians chapter 2. Oh glory to Jesus. I would like somebody to please read for us. Ephesians chapter 2. From verse 1 to verse 12. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus.
1: Praise God. Ephesians two one, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and flo- following its desires and thoughts, like the rest. We were by nature self deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even no, when we were no. dead in transgressions. No, no. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages. He might show the incomparable. Riches of his grace. expressed in his kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of wo- God. Oh, right not of works.
0: Glory to God. Hallelujah. You would go on but just for a minute please. Now this. Series of verses. Explain to us. The efficacy. Of the redemption work of Christ in our lives. He explains to us the importance. He explains to us how we avoided death. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Please go on.
1: For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you were you are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at this time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Glory to God.
0: Glory to Jesus. I'll read verse 12 again. again It says, Though at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, do we realize that according to lineage, we are Gentiles? And so this means that if God were to segregate only the Israelites, you know, as the bearers, as the people who he would bless with his redemption plan, we would be exempted. And so this lays the importance. Now, The realization that you have eternal life in Christ is all the thanksgiving that you should have in your heart. And so, at the table of grace, we receive... Now, when you receive the revelation of God's redemptive work, you respond with compassion. You receive the revelation of God's redemptive work, you respond with compassion. Glory to God. The genius of the redemption plan is in its ability to be just and merciful. In its ability to be just and merciful... And so God did not cut corners to grant us mercy. God did the right thing. Hallelujah, glory to God. Now, now uh you know there is a an understanding in the world that um, nothing is constant, nothing is consistent, and so you would see people planning for the eventuality, people having contingency plans. For example, Elon Musk is trying to build rockets to Mars because they believe that the earth is not going to contain people. The world is going sustainable, going green, because our natural resources have been depleted. The same sun that shone last year is not the same sun that we see this year. So, how are we sure of the consistency of God's redemption work for us? So when I wake up in the morning, I'm giving thanks to God. I'm thankful for the fact that I have redemption through Him. I have justification. I have eternal life in Christ. But why don't I doubt and say, Oh, well, maybe. Maybe it's just, you know, God is going to wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm no longer interested in helping you out. I'm going to change my mind. So how do we, how are we sure of God's consistency? James chapter 1 verse 17. (laughs) Ha Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and every perfect gift from above and coming down from the Father of lights with whom there was no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This is one of the this is one of the strongest scriptures in the Bible. I read it again. It says, "Every good and every perfect gift is from above and commit down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning." I would explain what this scripture. There's what they call this there's what is called this there's what is called the sundial. If you know the sundial, let me see your hands. I'm sure we all know it. So it's a 90 degree triangle on a circular platform. It was used in the olden days as a clock. It's placed on the floor, right? Such that with with the sun with the sun rising and, and all all of that with the sun setting you can see its shadow move. So with the sundial, for every hour of the day, its shadow changes. So what this scripture explains to us is that if we were able to behold God as a sundial from the days of Adam till now, His shadow is consistent. Oh, God, Say, ah, oh, listen, 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 I need to, I need to receive this. That the works, that, 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 the, that the, that the testimonies of Elisha, that the testimony of Jacob, Isaac and Abraham, that the testimonies of Paul, is our testimony. That, the, oh, thank you Jesus, that the signs, that the men of all wrought because they beheld the face of God and accepted Him. We wrought those same miracles and more. Because God is ever consistent. He says, He says, He says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but His word remains. Which means that His Word is more real than life itself. Which means that I can see Gloria and God's word is more real than her. Oh, glory to Jesus. Are you, are you receiving this this morning? Hallelujah, glory to God. Father, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll tell us a little story. I'll tell us a little story right now. It's a personal story of mine that I don't share so much, you know. When I was in, when I was in three hundred level, I think it was three hundred level or so, yeah. I you know, I did a five year course in uni and we, we were mandated to go for SIWES. It was an internship program, industrial training program rather. And at SIWES, you know, you're supposed to go to a place and work and everything for a period of time. So that semester I was trying so hard to patch my GPA and you know um, overcome this carryover was physical 119. It was it was one wonderful subject like that, you know, was practical physics. And so I just don't like practical physics. I've never liked it. Because I have to go to a lab and see and they are showing me all these instruments I cannot just understand. So I'd failed the first the second year. I think it was 13 yes, level year. yeah that was the third time I was taking it. So I was I was frustrated at the fact that I had to keep taking this course. And so that semester I prayed I put it on my whole heart I said, God, I was going to pass this course and my GPA is going to be better than it was last semester. So, I... I prayed and everything. I put in the work. Did everything I was supposed to do. I gave in that anticipation. I praised everything. And then we went on break. So, you know, as it was in uni, you'd see your result during break. So, five days into my internship, my industrial training program, I... the results came out. And then my, my friend was like, ah, God, result don't come, my' results result don't come out. So, me... You know this kind of thing where there's more doubt, but you're shaking it off like, "Ah, forget, we get fit, now we. (laughs) Glory to God. So, you know, I, 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 checked my results. So I, you know this, you know, when you are anticipating a particular subject, you go directly to that subject, you know. So I went, I saw this one It can't. it can't be so. (laughs) Glory to God. I was like, "Ah, what is this? One one nine, and then you know this you kind. Know, you know you know something where you're like no. Nah. So I, I closed the tap. Open it again. I said no. This is this. Ah, it can't be so. So I saw it It's one one nine. My friend was. Ah. So I was. I, it was like a three point two or so. So I was like God. So I didn't enter two one this time again. What's what's happening? So I. I was I was. So you know how, I moved from disappointment, to. Hate. I was first of all disappointed at myself and disappointed at at God for not helping me achieve this. I put in my, I put in the work. So what happened? And, and then you know how disappointment works. It creeps in, it dawns on you. The whole idea of you having failed dawns on you even more. Like a revelation. (laughs) So I, I was just frustrated. And then, Heading home, because I, I, I used to stay stay with a friend during the course of my industrial training. So heading home that weekend, I, I go home every weekend. And so heading home that weekend, I was, you know, in the, in the bus, I was like, what, what's this? Why am I even putting all the work? What's that? And whatever. Why am I even being all the, you know, why am I the goody two shoes? Why? So I spent my industrial training period doing negative things so as to get back at God. I spent, I was just moving, I was just like, Appa, which batting Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, so it was, it wasn't because I loved to do them, it was because I did not see why I should live my life for Christ. Because it wasn't out to help me. So, I had a, I had a very good industrial training period, a lot of money came my way, and then I resumed, now, now, oh god. I resumed school, like, okay, oh well, you know. So I, when I resumed school, I had a nudge to go to Physi 119 lab. So I went to the lab. I went to the lecture. I was like, sir, I don't know what happened last semester. I'm very sure that was not my result. I know that at least, ah, it's bad, you're bad. I can't get an F. The man was like, okay, you know what? Bring your physical, uh, bring your practical booklet. So for those of us who went to my school, you would know that your your, your phys, for physical practical, your practical booklet is like 70% or 60%. So if you fail that practical, or it's not marked, or you get zero in that practical, you can't pass that course. So I took my booklet to the man. He checked. He was like, You didn't mark it now. The physical one, nine, one practical was not marked. What happened?" I was like, "Wow." He now said, "You know what? Do not I go to mark it?" Two weeks later, I had like a B, and my GPA crossed into a two one. Now, what is my point? I did not understand the consistency of God. I did not have the revelation that God was ever consistent, that there was no variability with Him, no shadow of turning. And so I spent my entire months beating myself up, regretting, walking in disappointment, whereas the work has been done by God. And so I, and so after it dawned on me that God actually came through for me, I had to spend my time You know, I tell myself, okay, so this habit I have to to, drop it. You know, say glory to God. So, so this this is the revelation that we have in Christ that He is ever consistent. The basis for our thanksgiving is in the fact that we worship a consistent God, that we have a consistent Father, and so and so when we wake up in the morning and we pray with thanksgiving, we know we are sure that we serve an ever consistent God. When a man asks us and says, "When, when, 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 when we are asked, um, and you know, what, what is your hope? What is your life after death?" I can boldly say that I have eternal life in Christ. Oh, why? Because I serve an ever-consistent God. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Let's read from Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight. Can, can someone read for us, please? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 Okay I'll be reading from the Amplified Version It says Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved Let us have grace Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence And Godly fear Wherefore we receive a kingdom We have received a kingdom That is not shaken And so Zion is for us Say I'm a, I'm a member of Zion I'm a member of Zion Come on say boldly I'm a member of Zion And so our approach in fellowship should be with thanksgiving to God at the center of it. In prayer, in worship, in study. We, we approach with thanks. That's our consistency. Our hope is hinged on that consistency. Let's read from Colossians chapter two, verse six to seven. It says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving does anybody have another version to read for us okay Colossians 2 2 Colossians 2 verse 6 to 7 verse
1: 6 to
0: 7 sorry
1: yes so just as you have received Christ Jesus oh, as Lord, yes. continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Thank See him, to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, yes. which depends on human tradition and elemental Lord. spiritual Lord forces Lord. of this world rather than on Christ.
0: go to Jesus. So this scripture explains further what I just said, that our approach to life our approach to study, our approach to the things of God, should be with thanksgiving. The moment where reverence for the redemptive work of Christ is taken lightly by you, you lose thanksgiving and you become ungrateful. The moment where you, when you sit down and you say, "Oh well, you know, uh, <laughs> you know," I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm a man in Christ. I have faith now. You know, I I don't really have to reverence His God now. Jesus, you know now. That moment where you you lo- lose that reverence. Your thanksgiving drops. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, we're going to be going to the next one. We're going to be going to the next one about natural things. About natural things. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. We should mirror the love of God at work in our lives. We should mirror the love of God at work in our lives. Narcissism is birthed in the place of self-goodness. Your life. Your approach towards life should always mirror the love that we have in Christ. The way, like I said before, when you receive with thanksgiving, the revelation of redemption work in Christ, you respond with compassion. And so, your response, your response is a replication of the love that you have in Christ. Of the love that you have received. Glory to Jesus. And so, I'll, I'll just jump the gun. When the Samaritan woman, when when Jesus spoke with the Samaritan woman at the well, right, and then he told her all that he, had, that he told her, she couldn't contain it. She she ran into into the city and told everybody. That's how we respond. And so, her grown into the city was, I've met a man who does wondrous works. I've met my savior. Come and meet him. And so whether I like it or not it was two things it was it was Thanksgiving for having received what she had received and it was compassion for those who were going through a lot and who needed the compassion who needed the love that was in Christ glory to God and so um you know there is there is something that is that is very rampant in our day where people where, where people are mostly thankful when maybe they cash out real big, you know, they make a lot of money, or they are healed from a sickness, or they're trying to get God to be on their side, and so you see them giving a lot. You see them going out giving to the poor and all of that. So you, your consist, the consistency of your of your dedication to the things of God is an expression of your thanksgiving. Your consistency, the consistency of your dedication to the things of God is an expression of thanksgiving. And so when you wake up, you are you, you, are, you are dutiful in Bible study, you're dutiful in prayer. For example, I count it I, I I mean and 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 with due respect to all those who are used to doing that. I count it in gratitude to God to be in a city where you have local churches around where you can serve and be you know, be helpful to the move of the ministry. Whereas, you now sit at home and you are, you know, saying, oh, you know what, Uh, I I mean, that's how I am, that's how I am, that's how I am, I just like to sit at home and, you know, go on air and listen. Whereas, you could be of great help to ministries. The pastor can do it on his own. And so, when you have received that grace, and you understand the revelation that is in Christ, you respond with thanksgiving by ensuring that that gospel is spread. And you do that by, by being a part of a local church. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. And so, how do you express thanksgiving for natural things? One, your hope. Where is your hope hinged? Where is your hope hinged? Now, we, we, we live in a world, we live in a society of gross ingratitude, where there is a lot of comparison, and no thanks to social media, you see a lot of people compare and say, oh, um, God has been ungraceful to me. And so you see young people, 18, 19, 20, going to depression because they feel that the world is against them. A man who has the revelation of God and his his hope in Christ, is never moved or never disappointed. And so, you know, you go, (laughs) getting it, for, for those who You do not have the privilege of, you know, finance for a private university. You go through the turmoils of jam. And then you might jam for multiple years and eventually you are able to get into school. When you get into school, you go through school, you you are struggling with results. You manage to finish with, let's say, a 2-1 or a first class or a 2-2. And then, you get into the job market. And it's called a job hunt. Because you're actually hunting for a job. And so, and so, Two years into, two years after, after, after you're done, you know, and if you went to a university like mine, where, you know, we we had this course called TTG, Total, uh, no, TT, the Total Graduate, yeah, the Total Graduate. And so, and so, where you, it's, I mean, where you are being told about what, what are wasted in the world, how you should react, how you can make your first billion before you're 30. You know, but then you know, you know, uh uh so you're like a dynamite, you're like ah, I can't wait. Ah, all the works, ah data. And then you are short for a bar NYC. you are see like ah God, I know what I'm going to one more. then one year after NYC, I'm still looking for a job. Two years after nyse is beginning begin to douse the royalty that you were being called while in school. Am I a king? Am I really a king? Am I sure? I don't want this king, I beg You know, so when when now at that point where you know that you put in all your effort in school and you were able to stay, stay true to the faith. You're done with university, you're done with NYSE, and if you were like me that did not want to change, you know, your your your, your place of assignment because you felt you were in God's plan. And then you're done. But one year, two years, no job, or probably you're struggling to even get a decent job. Whereas those in university that you were even giving tutorials are working in shell. Chevron, some top NGO, or out of the country. How do you strike a balance and not run into the personal disappointment How do you not run into a bead to facilitate God's plan for you? How do you stay true to the faith? How do you stay in faith? Because you see, I call it staying in faith because as a as a man in Christ, when you stay in the faith, you surround yourself with the Word of God, with prayer, with dedication, with fasting. But when you move out of faith. You, you go into the rat race. And when you're in that rat race, it's a different world entirely. So how do you stay in faith? We're going to see it right now. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Are we having a good time today? Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. It says, To whom God will make known what is the riches of His glory, of the glory of this mystery, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It means that God has a plan. To show forth his majesty through you. To the Gentiles. To them, to the heathen. To them who are not in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It means that your hope is in Christ. So what does this mean in literal times? It means that when I'm in a bid to succeed. To get the normal things of life. When I'm trying to apply for that job. I'm trying to apply for that scholarship. At the, at the center of my focus. At the epicenter of my focus. Is the fact that God... Is my hope, not that job. The reason why people beat themselves up after 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 maybe they fail an interview that they that they pray so much for is because they hinge their hope on that job. But no, your hope is not in that job, your hope is in God, and so I get it, I don't get it. It doesn't matter. God loves me, and I'm and I'm in God's love. That's my revelation, and so you respond in thanksgiving by having this revelation. God cannot be mocked. And so, he cannot... He cannot. First of all, we need to realize that this world is nothing compared to eternal life in Christ. The average man lives for 80 years, thereabouts. Maximum, 80 years is a very good age. But then, the life that we have in Christ after death is eternal. We're going to live and not have the worries of life. And so, that should be our focus. And so, this doesn't negate the place of hard work. No, this just shows that we are conscious of the fact that we are in God's love. And we are thankful. And we are not ungrateful because life is not working according to our plan. We align our plans with the plan of God. Say glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, it says, it says, it says, Philippians chapter 4, verses. Oh, I love this scripture. I love this scripture. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Listen. This, 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 this is, this, this, this is, this is, this is a wild scripture for me. This is a wild scripture for me. It says, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. It means that your approach in prayer should always have thanksgiving. You should always have thanksgiving. You should never lose sight of the revelation that you have in God, the fact that I'm thankful for all that I have, the fact. So you shouldn't come grudgingly and say, "Oh God, you know, you know." And you know the funny thing, God checks our heart. God doesn't relate to our flesh; He relates to our heart. And so He knows what you He knows your thoughts. And so no matter all that is around you, and this is where, when it, when He says, when it, when it, when the Bible says, "Let the weak say, I'm strong," a lot of people, you know, say, "Oh, I'm rich. Oh, I'm not. You know." I, I can't say I'm sick. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I'm strong. But you know the funny thing? Your confessions of faith should always should always reflect your thanksgiving. And so, in the face of challenges, you say I'm a man in Christ. Christ has died for me. I have eternal life in Christ. Oh, glory to God. And this is my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You're thankful. I will never be ungrateful. Say I would never be ungrateful. Glory to God. And so he says in, in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, he says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting all your care. And so what do I do in the face of disappointment? Well, I cast the care upon him. Because his word says it. I cast the care upon him. Because that's what his word says. Glory to God. First John chapter 5 verse 14, he says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now the question is this. How can a man who is ungrateful walk in the will of God? Impossible. It is impossible for a man to walk in the will of God in ingratitude to God. To walk in the will of God, you need to be thankful. You need to be thankful. And and so the Bible, the Bible is replete with 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 stories of men of old who walked in thanksgiving. Do you know What it means. Now, I'm going to try as much as possible to put it in literal terms. The three Hebrew boys had the opportunity of growing in Christ. They had elevation. You know, societal elevation. And they were young Hebrew boys. You know, and so Nebuchadnezzar had put them at high pedestals at place of authority. Now, Nebuchadnezzar built up a a golden statue and asked everybody worship that golden statue. When he did this, first of all, they were bold enough to speak up against it. Do you know how hard it is to speak up against leadership when you're in leadership? It's one of the hardest things to do. It's easy to speak up to speak up against a government when you're not benefiting anything from the government. But when you are in the government, it's hard. It's hard to, to have a stand, to have the right stand. And so they're able to even say, okay, you know what, we're not going to bow to, 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 this golden statue. I'm sure that they already knew that the golden statue was going to be built. But they have made up their mind on what to do. And as the time inch nearer, they were, they were resolute in their decision. And so, on that day, the golden statue was built. And everybody was asked to be, to, to you know, to, to worship the golden statue. Now the three Hebrew boys spoke up against it. And knowing, not just speaking up, but speaking up knowing what the repercussion would be for not doing it. In essence, the three UB boys laid down their lives. They were not, they were not, they were not bystanders. They were not onlookers. These were men of timber and caliber in society. But they were ready, they were ready to lay down all that they had. This is one of the greatest expressions of thanksgiving in the Bible. And so when they, when they were about to be tossed into the fire, do you know what it means to be tossed into the fire? So they said, we know that our God will save us. But you cannot tell me that they, they were not scared one bit. No. But they were, they held on to his word. They stayed in faith. And, and so when I said, when I talk about staying in faith, this is what it means to so stay in faith. And so, such that no matter the level which I get to in life, I'll never lose hold on what I understand. I'll never lose hold on the revelation that I have in Christ. The revelation that Christ is my hope. is the hope of glory. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory, 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 glory. And so, how do we express gratitude? Time is running out out of time. Glory to God. How do we express gratitude in our relationship with people? This is, now, there is something that I, 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 that I, I, I'm, I'm of a school of thought that a lot of times people paint the Bible as being vague. How do you expect me to correlate with Joseph, when I have never been turned into a pit, what is a pit? How do you expect me to correlate with something? How many men in our day can lift gates of lift gates like gates of Gaza? And so, like I said, when it comes to our approach in things of God, we cannot presume based on our natural senses. Our natural senses always negate the play, what God would have us do in certain situations. And so, we're going to be running through you fast. Number one, how do we express gratitude in our relationship with people? Forgiveness. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice and being ye kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Our response of thanksgiving is in forgiveness. We respond in compassion to the love that we received in Christ. In our response to compassion, we hold no one to heart. And so, with due respect to whatever we have gone through in the hands of people, God did much more for us. That we who, who were undeserving we're granted in eternal life in Christ. Do you? Now, if you go through the Bible very well, you will understand that God went, quote-unquote, out of his way. Just to ensure that man was brought back into redemption. And at the throne of grace, we bring nothing except believe in Christ and His to work. And so our response, so when, when the Bible gives, gives an explanation, you know, when Jesus explained where it said that there was a man that owed the king, and what he owed the king, in current day um, currency, was about three billion dollars, right? And so the Bible makes us understand that he was possibly that it was possibly a um, that it was possibly a an accountant to the king. Now he owed the king five billion, three billion dollars thereabout, right? And the king called him one day and said, "You know what? All that you owe me, I let go of." So you can take all the money. It's fine. You can. You don't have to pay back. And so the man going out into the city saw somebody who owed him five dollars, and he jerked the guy up, and called uh, called called he called the you know the cops and they arrested him. And when the and the king heard, he was bitter and th- and arrested him. Now this is a very good expression of what we of how our response should be. That God, who was so merciful, the merciful justice was to grant you mercy, in the, even when you were undeserving. And then you are saying that, oh, you know what? That person hurt me. That person hurt me real bad, and I can't forgive him. Why? That is a gross show of of of, of ingratitude. The expression of our gratitude to God should be shown in our forgiveness. And so we hold no one to heart. No, we do Jesus. I'd like somebody to read from Mark. Okay, well, I think we'll just, because of time, let's keep that. Mark chapter 11, chapter 11, verse 25, we could go through that. Philemon, chapter 10, verse 20 to 21. Philemon, chapter 10, verse 20 to 21. Now, we don't have to read that. I'll just explain real, real fast. From verse 10 to verse 21, Paul, in his letter to Philemon, was... Now, Paul, in the letter to Philemon, talked about a certain Onesimus. Right? And so, Onesimus, from biblical um, theologians, explained that Onesimus was very close to Philemon and happened to have stolen from Philemon. You know? So he stole from Philemon and ran away. Now, he happened to be arrested in, in, you know, in his other adventures and was thrown into prison with Paul. Now, Paul, being with Onesimus, was able to disciple him, right, and equip him for ministry. And so, hearing about Paul's, hearing about Onesimus' story, he wrote a letter to Philemon, telling him that, I know that Philemon Philemon has wronged you, but I've equipped him. I know I can trust him. I can vouch for him. And so, I'm sending him back to you, that he'll work with you. Paul, now, I'd like some uh, now, um Philemon chapter, 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 verse 21 explains, he says, from MSB version, he says, yeah brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord, refresh my bowels in the Lord. So, when you receive somebody who has wronged you back, you have made God happy. And so, Paul, in his letter to Philemon, now, just explain, explains, Chilindras explains as lording over you. And so, I can come to Mary and say, Mary, Gloria has wronged you by Lord over you that you don't have choice. You have to forgive her because you have received the love of Christ. That's what the Bible explains. And so you don't have, listen, I, I, I'm, and I'm going to be as, as plain as possible. You don't have a right not to forgive. You don't. You don't. Because nothing anybody does to you will equal in any fraction to what? To to, to to the sinful nature that we had in the world. And we had to be rid of by God's redemptive work. By God's redemptive plan. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, number two. How do we express our gratitude to God, to people? In our relationship with people. Fellowship with the brethren. Fellowship with the brethren. I can't imagine how a man would have the revelation of Christ. You come to a new city and you're staying. You're just going to work and going back home. And you're not even trying to find out how you can fellowship with the brethren, how you can evangelize. Oh, glory to God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 says, And be not drunk with wine wearing excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, Giving thanks always for all the things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you fellowship with the brethren, when you prophesy, when you have meetings like this, God is happy. Because every joint supplies. Glory to God. And so, and so, and so, now we're going to be checking out, checking out the next one. We're going to be looking at evangelism. I talked about this Samaritan woman at the well, you know, with Jesus, and how she, how she was so, do you realize that when god healed when jesus healed people in the bible in days of old he explicitly told them not to tell anybody but they couldn't contain their joy when jesus healed people now I'll put it this way in christ the most important gift that we have is salvation every other thing is secondary Christ did not necessarily come so that he will, heal, he will heal the sick. Christ did not necessarily come for prosperity. All of that we have are secondary things. The major, primary reason for Christ's coming was to grant unto us salvation. And so, and so, before Christ, there was healing. Before Christ, people doubled money. Before Christ, there was wisdom. Before Christ, there was strength. But in Christ, there is salvation. And so, when you think about it, if somebody can be, can be healed of a lifelong ailment and be so joyous that they run into the world, run into the city and tell everybody about, about the wondrous works that they're having, that Christ has wrought to them, how much more are we who have received salvation in Christ? So, 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 now, like I said, these things need to be expounded upon because we have grown to see scriptures as being commonplace. Oh, I know. For God to of the world, I gave only begotten son. Do you know that that scripture is the most powerful scripture in the Bible? Glory to God. I hope you're having a good time this morning. Now, um, Evangelism, looking at John chapter 4, verse 28 to 29. It says, the woman then left her water pot. And Went into the city and said to the man, Come, say, man, which told me of all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? She was too joyous, she couldn't hold it in. She had to go into the city. Glory to Jesus. We're going to be looking also at First um, Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 20. I'll read three quickly. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Being he reconciled to God. Christ has done the work. Our assignment is to reconcile the world to him. It's the least we can do. The least you can do as a man that has received the revelation of Christ is to reconcile the world to him. It's the least you can do. You do it for two reasons. You do it because you are thankful. You can't hold in your joy. And you do it because you love other people and you want them to receive that gift that you have received in Christ. Now I'm going to look at giving. At giving. Um, giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church and making a reference to the Macedonian church. Paul was making them understand that the Macedonian church were poorer than the Corinthian church but they gave. And so, they and so, you, the Corinthian church, you can't give? Why? Put your money where your thanks is. Put your money where your thanks is. If You really love God. And you have really received the revelation. You have understood the revelation of Christ. Giving will not be a problem. You see, I look at people who try to explain, who try to explain the, who try to explain the, you know, try to attach giving to Malachi 3 verse 10 and say, um, uh, if you don't give, well, well, I have news for them. God will not give me salvation freely and ask to be giving one tenth for the money he gives me. Because salvation surpasses legal tender. And so, I give in honor to God. I give because I'm thankful. I give because I love God. I give because I want everybody to receive the revelation that I have received in Christ. That's why I give. I give for the propagation of the gospel. I give because I have to take up my minister. I have to take care of the one that God has blessed me with. That's why we give. And so, I expect that after this teaching, our giving should increase. Because now we have a better understanding of the religion in Christ. Now back to the question that I asked. We're rounding up right now. Back to the question that I asked. And I'll ask the question again. For those who weren't here when I asked the question the first time. Glory to God. Ha 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 Woo! Glory to Jesus. Now the question was this. I asked a question, I said... Imagine a young lad. Smart young boy named Isaiah. Right? Isaiah is smart, isn't he? Look at his smile. Come on. So, 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 there is a smart young boy named Isaiah. He's so good, he's a genius. He's so good, he's level the genius. He goes through school. A's, intro tech. That Everybody was like, ah, intro tech, intro tech. Where the teacher puts his belt on his belly. This guy was smashing it. All A's. He's the guy that the teacher will use his 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 script to mark other people's papers. He was that good. Primary school, secondary school was too good. He was so good, he aced he aced his 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 jam and everything such that Ivy League schools wanted to have him. Harvard, Yales, and the rest. And he chose Harvard because it's Harvard. You know? And so and so this young man went to Harvard. He's got all A's finished with a 5.0. He was so good that professionals forecasted that he would be better than Elon Musk. That he had more genius than Elon Musk. That his smartness was compared to the smartness of Einstein. Now, this young man, you know, blazing the trail and everything, had awards. But one morning, he wakes up, drops all his awards, Drops everything that he has had, his certificates, you know, puts all the newspapers aside, the tabloids that carry his name, picks his Bible and begins to walk. Evangelizing from city to city. Gates, going through gates. So he moves from Canada and goes around the world, preaching the gospel of Christ for the rest of his life. Has he wasted his life doing that? Now we understand! From this teaching that that man has always said his life, he's doing the most important thing to be done. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'll, I'll quickly say this. Our response to worship is a reflection of our thanksgiving. And so when worship goes on, we, ju- we just can't sit. Because how can you contain the joy of having had eternal life in Christ? No, you can't. Your response is to jump up and say, "Woo! I have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Come on, rise to your feet. Glory to God. Ba-ka-ta-ba-ta. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Ala ketu sabada. Oh, now let's sing together.